And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. I'm having, like, weird issues. Can you make sure that um, line one is, is, like, put on hold properly? Like, it's showing it as active, but it's on hold. Okay, That's my my X screen is being weird. So, all right, uh, we have we have George. He is one of the parents for the Penners Madison Group. George, how you doing, man? I appreciate you calling in. Okay, all of my stuff is messed up. All right, there we go. There's George. Sorry, my call screener is is giving me fits. George, how you doing, bud? Doing great, Casey. Thanks for having me on. And again, George is with Strength in Our Schools, Penaris Madison District. Um, so, I mean, you know, you heard me talk a little bit about the letter that was sent out there. You know, what was your guys' reaction when the superintendent, you know, Thacker comes out and he says, hey, we're not teaching critical race theory at all. Of course, you just had the, the board meeting this last week as well. You know, talk a little bit about that and, and what the group is doing going forward. Yeah, so this actually started back in, I would say, that March-April time frame. Um, where I had enough education on what, you know, what SEL is and what critical race theory is to start asking the right questions. Okay. And the, the, that meeting I came out and I just asked, I said, you know, this, this is just not acceptable. This is not what, you know, as a parent, I want my kid to be learning in school. Um, my, I was very glad to hear about the white, the, the white supremacy triangle um, being taken out, but all those other tenants that you know were being discussed in in, in the plans through the um, last school year, it's it's just incredible how how that information got into into the curriculum. Well, and so here's we were a little, very frustrated. Well, and the other thing is too, you know. When they go and they say, all right, well, we're not doing the white supremacy triangle, and this isn't critical race theory, well, the white supremacy triangle comes from critical race theory, and if that was even considered for acceptance in the curriculum at Penn, yeah. then you would have to assume that other stuff surrounding the white supremacy triangle were considered for the curriculum as well, which means critical race theory is obviously being taught in Penn. We know that because we have we have the, the assignments. We know that, but, yeah. you know their effort to go out there and lie about it is, you know, there's going to be some people again, just kind of believe it. You know, it's, it's, it's Dr. Thacker. We just will buy into that. And these must be just, you know, more crazy people without actually looking at the assignments. I'm, I, I, I I'm, I'm going to go just a little bit of a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to go that he's in, he's, there's a deniability going on. Um, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but um, at the past Monday board meeting, I did ask some, ask some very philosophical questions um, that revolved around how the curriculum was developed, if you'd like to hear a couple of them. Sure. Um, so the first question was, where does the information come from that is used to create the modified SEL lesson plans? Um, as we know, the state of Indiana has standards um, that each subject needs to meet. Where's the guidance and where are the standards that you create your SEL plans from? Uh, two is what, what direction was given by Dr. Thacker to create the modified SEL plans? Mm -hmm. And who is creating the presentations? This is where the accountability comes in. 
does the person or persons holding the required credentials to create such curriculum have the proper credentials to make that stuff? And are teachers creating those presentations? And ultimately, it's got to come to a level of who approves it. So for all that stuff to get through to a certain point in the process, Casey, somebody had to go through and had to follow a process that was being driven by the administration. Right. And, and then we get to a point where, you know, over the past couple of years, this stuff has kind of snuck its way into the classroom. But every time it's been discovered, it's always been a rogue teacher. The school has always said this is not approved curriculum. Teachers suspended or fired or whatever it is. But now this is, as you've pointed out, there is a process that is approving this curriculum. This isn't just a couple of teachers going off the, the deep end trying to sneak content into their classroom. This is approved stuff, and there's a process in place to get it into the classroom. And so you're, you're faced with really two conclusions. Either everybody is aware of it and they're accepting of it, and they're just hoping that nobody would notice, or nobody's paying attention and they're letting a radical just jam stuff through without monitoring them. I can't see how the white supremacy triangle got into a curriculum and then was discovered and removed. Exactly. That, to me, is just mind-blowing. I know in my line of work, there's got to be a group, there's got to be group reviews, a peer review, and ultimately there's got to be an acceptance criteria that, yep, this is what we're going with. Because you're dealing with curriculum. Developing curriculum is what the district should be doing best. And what's what's also sad, too, is that so many people seek out Penn, not just for athletics, but because of academics, and they want their kids to go to Penn. And now they're they're facing this horrendous, I'll just call it abuse of their children, which is designed to really cause a serious rift and take focus away from the academics and even even the athletics. And now a lot of people might have to end up, depending on how this shakes out, they might have to make a decision of trying to find another place to put their child. So, Casey, just to let you know, I paid up to get my house in Penn District. I mean, a lot of people, okay, yeah, so. it's a lot of people do. You pay more to, to be in the area because of the school. Yep. You know, it's it's one of the, the few schools in the area where people dramatically will, will sacrifice just to have their kids go there. And they deserve yeah. a lot of credit for what they've done over the years. But at the same time, you know, academic excellence is something that can be achieved outside of school or in other schools if you're going to be brainwashing kids into thinking they're inferior because of the color of their skin or that they're inherently oppressive because of the color of their skin that is tremendously damaging and we heard that I played uh, played a clip of the you know the uh -huh. the future sophomore the student that uh -huh. was speaking yesterday and she was clearly upset at the reaction of the teacher and how the teacher you know he abused her uh, and the teachers should lose their teaching license and not be allowed to teach ever again, period. There is no justification yeah. for any of that. Um, and, yeah. you know, she made a very clear case. Look, yes, I was I was the, the victim of, of racial discrimination. The student was male, and he was a lot bigger than I was, and I was by myself. What am I supposed to do? And then being chastised into, you must take up this warrior moniker right now, which for the record is only going to create more bigots. You know, it's not going to confronting people who are racist in aggressive ways justifies in their minds their bigotry so not yeah. only is is was the teacher admonishing her and saying some discriminatory things in th themselves in doing that but they were encouraging her to put, put herself potentially in danger while also not solving the problem and potentially making it worse 
I got two points. Mm-hmm. The first point's going to be is Casey. How sad is it? There is a student athlete from Penn over in Tokyo right now preparing for the Olympics, and we're not talking about it. Yeah. Tell me this about this whole it. critical race theory SEL discussion is overshadowing a student athlete from Penn who's over preparing for the Olympics, and it's it's not even being discussed. It, to me, it's disgusting. It's it, it's absolutely saddening that our attention should be there and looking to what other things we should be talking about, but we're not talking about a student. Um, but the flip side about this this whole thing is. In the end, nobody deserves to be treated anyway. Um, to, in, in my opinion, and what I've talked to other folks about is this, Casey. This is all a result of an activity that went on years ago, lack of administration acting upon actions that are being dealt by students. It has bred to, it's bred this infection and now we're dealing with the fallout. This is years late that this is becoming a, a I would say, a topic that the this administration is dealing with. I'm not saying it's the current administration at all, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm saying sins of the past are affecting us now. We're trying to throw something at the process, but the problem is it's Teflon. The wall's Teflon, and it's not going to stick to how we need to solve the problem. That's why we've asked for roundtable discussions with the Board of Ed, with, with Dr. Thacker, and to start and build solutions. I'm tired of all the talk. Talk is cheap. Let's sit down and have some discussion and find a balanced approach to this problem. Yeah, and, and considering Does we have... Well, yeah, I'm in considering we have curriculum, which clearly is discriminatory. You know, nobody should be accepting of that. That's that's, you know, one of the major issues. And you're right. This is stuff that's been going on for a long time. But a lot of people and a lot of parents refuse to hear that. They didn't want to believe it. You know, people like me who do this for a living and are telling you eh, there's stuff happening in the classroom you need to pay attention to. They weren't. COVID has changed that. And a lot of people are aware of that. Um, with this open letter that you guys published that I went over on the show yesterday, I mean, have you received mm-hmm. a response from from you know the Penn administration at all about this? Have they have they reached out to you guys in any way, or have they just completely ignored you? Have they attacked you? What's been their response? I have gotten an email response that simply stated, "Dr. Thack, I have forwarded your email on to Dr. Thacker," and that was at three o'clock yesterday afternoon after sending it at seven forty-five in the morning. Has any other news outlets picked up on it besides this one? Zero. A real machine, real news Michiana has. Okay, yeah, real but news Michiana did an article else, about it. The NBC, CBS, and ABC, not, not, not a word. And here's the thing: it's because the media, the media, the mainstream media is driving the narrative. For one thing, it would be a story even if they didn't agree with you guys. The other thing yep. is, I have no doubt that none of the television outlets and none of the newspapers, I have no doubt they haven't actually looked at the curriculum because there's no way that they could be silent on it if they've actually seen the curriculum. There's no way. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's just crazy, Casey. I, I, I don't understand it. You know, any other time this would be something, my, my phone should have been ringing off the wall yesterday. Yeah, it should have. From folks wanting to talk and what's going on and, not even the Tribune, who I've had some interactions with, 
Okay, but we won't go there mm-hmm. um, because it's it's it, to me it's just it's not going to go anyplace. Um, this should be one of your top stories. It shouldn't be NBC saying, "Hey, look, a, a student driver puts a car in the wrong direction and puts a car in a pool," or "Hey, look, the Bucks are having a victory parade." What what why are we putting why are we putting rosy glasses on? Yeah. Well, there's more that's going to be coming out next week about various school districts in the area as well in critical race theory because Penn is not alone in this. This is happening all over Michiana, and you guys are organized. You've been fighting it, and other parents need to be organized in other districts too. George, it's well, uh, I, I could tell you, thank you, because up since your show, our numbers have gone up exponentially. Well, that's great. So, that's, I mean, that's so good. We're, we're very happy for the support. Well, I appreciate it, and you guys keep up the fight. And just keep giving me updates, man. I appreciate it. We'll do, sir. Thank right. you very much. You take care. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. All right. We got open lines. The Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line, 574 95 That is 2595-953. We'll start open lines next on 95.3 MNC. And, and scorches you for not covering breaking news stories that are relevant to the community that you're supposed to serve. Sometimes the best thing to do is just to go to allnaturalcbd.org. Buy some of that CBD lotion that the same radio host endorses on his program. Rub it on your backside and wipe the pain away. Because that's what allnaturalcbd.org lotion does. This is full-spectrum CBD. You can get it in 250, 500, or 1,000 milligrams. It comes in a lavender scent or unscented. It's truly unscented, too, by the way. So you're not going to walk around smelling like a medicine ball. Okay, You don't have to worry about that. You can smell nice, or you can not smell like anything at all. This stuff works within a matter of minutes. Every time I get neck pain, I rub it on. It's usually within three minutes the pain goes away. It's really that quick. So it's much faster than taking pills. It's much safer than taking pills. And just occasionally I get a question, hey, is this going to get me high? No, this is CBD. This is not marijuana. You don't have to worry about that. But it is just a pain. It's a, it's a pain reliever. That's it. But it's not a cream. It's not an oil. It's a lotion. So it will also moisturize your skin. Go to allnaturalcbd.org. Use promo code KC10 to save 10%. Uh, Somebody has asked me on the Discord server on the live stream, uh, so is the lotion good for butt hurt? Yes, it is great for relieving butt hurt, and then use the bidet to wash the butt hurt away. That's That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. You need a good sanitary way to get the lotion off of your backside. So that's that's why I recommend bidets also. It is Open Lines. Happy Friday. Phone number 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. That is the Glass Doctor of Elkhart and St. Joseph County phone line. So give us a call. Give Josh an opportunity to rethink his life choices and deciding to join this show because he looks extremely shocked that I've talked about it that way. Uh, <laughs> If he only knew how many people in local media actually listen to this show and complain about me online in their private little groups that they think I don't know about. Anyway, Tom, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Yes. What's uh, up? I, I wanted to ask you, uh, the, the president's got a plan to stop the illegal guns to these big cities, and I don't know, I haven't heard the steps that oh, he was going to take. Do what you is, know what some of them are? Hold on. What is Trump doing? Oh, yeah, the usurper is going. You, you you said you said the president has a plan. I hadn't heard that Trump was doing anything about guns no, across the border. No, oh. 
He you mean you mean Biden? That guy? That guy. Oh, that guy. Sleepy Joe. Yeah, what does he plan to do to keep guns from coming across the border? Well, the, he said he's going to stop the illegal guns in these cities. And, you know, other than stopping the, the thing I've always heard as well, we've got to stop selling them in Indiana so they don't go to Chicago. So I, I don't know what they're planning to do. But he's got these task force now that he's going to. Uh... Yeah, it's so what they're doing is they're going to try and and squish down on people who are illegally buying across state lines and taking them across. Now, this does happen. There are people and we actually busted a ring not that long ago, a couple of years ago, um, that they were going to southern Indiana to one specific gun store. And they were buying Bunches of them there, and then they were driving them to Chicago. So right. it does happen. It's just that there are many studies that will show you most of the guns in Chicago don't come from Indiana. There are some that they claim do, but most of the guns in Chicago that are used in crimes don't come from Indiana. So it just kind of depends on which study you're looking at. Um, when you talk to law enforcement in Illinois, they think that this is an absurd idea that somehow you're going to go ahead and squash this but basically what ended up happening is you had a gun shop that was breaking the law knowing they were breaking the law selling to people that were trafficking in firearms and so they were properly dealt with you know the charges were filed their ffl was revoked the people who were their mules were arrested um you know as long as you're doing that then you're okay really beyond beyond having an atf agent in every single ffl and making sure that they're not doing anything questionable, I don't really know what you can actually do. Do you want to have, you know, border checkers and things like that, like you do when you come in and off of native land where, you know, there's a there's an actual guard there to make sure that you're not smuggling illegal fireworks or cigarettes from, from Native American territory back into the U.S.? You're not going to be able to do this. What it is is a giant feel-good story for anti-gunners that they're really going to address this. And what's going to happen is in a year or two after the operation is going, you're going to you're going to find out that it hasn't really made a dent in anything. And they're going to make some excuse on why they need to go further because they tried doing it the easy light touch way and it didn't work. Make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, thanks for clearing that up for me. I, I was in a kind of a fog. I mean, this, yeah. this uh, administration puts out fog. You know, it's the well, yeah. I and mean, look, I mean, the guy who's heading up the administration's head is full of fog. So, what do you expect? I mean, it's, right. <laughs> as far as the specifics on what they're going to do in the day-to-day operations, no, I don't know yet. I, I don't know how it's going to go, but it's not going to be effective. So, okay, all right, okay. man. I appreciate it. Good talking to you. Have a good weekend. Bye. All right, we've got more open lines coming up. News Talk ninety-five three, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. So uh, 95.3 MNC article from today. The new IU president has a mild case of COVID. I'm not smiling. I'm not grinning even a little. Not at all. All right. A lot of you asked me if if, uh, we could have our buddy Samuel from Australia Call us and talk about the Australian lockdowns and what's happening over there. So, Samuel, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, Casey. I'm good. Uh, I'm in one of the parts of the country that's not locked down, but it's only a very small part of the country. A lot of the place is. Are you um, still in Canberra? But I am. Okay. Uh, although, 
Although I spent a fair bit of last year working in Sydney, which is currently locked down. Yeah, I remember um, you kind of doing some traveling and stuff like that. So, but yeah, Canberra is not locked down at yeah. all. Huh? Yeah, which is funny because um, because Canberra is, is sort of a capital city. It's it's in its own little territory, the Australian Capital Territory, which is kind of like uh, Washington DC. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm a little so surprised that it's not locked by, down. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. It's it's surrounded by other um, by by a state, New South Wales, mm-hmm. which has large parts of it that are locked down. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but even then, it it does seem like a bit of an overreaction in in some places. I mean, the Sydney lockdown's been going on for I think we're in our third week now, and sure, there's there's a couple, there's a hundred or so cases a day at the moment, new cases per day, mm-hmm. but almost no one has symptoms. And the Premier, which is kind of like the governor of New South Wales, is saying we want to keep everyone locked down until the until the people who are infectious are no longer infectious while they're in the community. But if they don't have symptoms, they're they really don't not. know they're infectious yeah. until they get tested. So and we've been over this impossible. too from the Yeah, we've been over this from the very beginning that asymptomatic people rarely spread the virus to other people. Now maybe that's different with the Delta variant. I don't know, um, but apparently it is. Okay, apparently it is. All right. Yeah. Well, and, allegedly I mean, anyway. It, it's yeah. It, it's it's funny you talk about face masks a fair bit as well and how how ineffective they are. I don't know if you saw it sort of made worldwide news. The chief health officer or the chief medical tyrant, as I call her, um, <laughs> here in in New South Wales, was saying just the other day that because Delta is so transmissible, even though you're wearing your mask in, in the shops, if you see someone you know, you shouldn't talk to them because you'll give them the virus. Uh, <laughs> how are you supposed to stop something if you're going to just <laughs> seeing someone that you know is going to give them the virus? I mean, it was nice of her to finally admit it, but <laughs> it kind of took, <laughs> took a long time for them to admit that. Um, you know, I'll still fine you for not wearing it. Well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, you know, Australia's journey with COVID, how it is now. What's the, the vaccination rates looking like? Uh, which vaccine are you guys using? You know, do you have any data on how many of the new infections per day are from vaccinated people? Do you have any of that? I mean, the United States is not studying it. The U.K. and Israel are, but the U.S. isn't really studying that right now. So I'm not sure if you guys are either. But just give us kind of a general rundown. There are some statistics that are available, but the vaccination rate is pretty low here. Okay. Um, and that's that's not because people don't want to be vaccinated. Certainly there's there's a group of people who, who don't want to. And, and look, personally, I'd like to wait a while and see how the uh, how, how the, the long-term effects of, of the vaccine go. Okay. Um, but but we've got um, the one that we're using here is the AstraZeneca vaccine okay. for the most part. Uh, the reasoning behind that very quickly was that it was one that could be produced here. That makes sense. Uh, we could bring in some, but we could produce it here. The um, the trouble is that the AstraZeneca vaccine has blood clot issues. Correct. And so a lot of people don't want it. So we're getting in Pfizer vaccine, but the Pfizer vaccine, because it has to be stored very, very cold temperatures, it's hard to distribute here because we're such a, a, a vast country with such low population density. You know, we're, we're the size of the U.S., but we only have, what is it, 20, 30 million people living here. Yeah. It's, it's a very spread out country. Yeah, Sydney's um, kind of a unique but, 
unique place population yeah. wise, correct? Yeah, yeah. Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, which just got the 2032 Olympics, um, they're, they're sort of a, the main population centres. Okay. Um, the rest, the rest of it, it's it's much lower density of population. So we're getting more of the Pfizer vaccine in, but it's not really quick enough for for a lot of people to be vaccinated. And there's very, very few people who've had both doses. You know, and what's what's also interesting about this, because, you know, we just found out here recently that the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is zero percent effective against Delta. And that one's very Mm. similar to the AstraZeneca vaccine. And they both have Mm. blood clot issues. And and, you know, I don't have any data on the AstraZeneca one not being effective against the Delta variant. But the Johnson and Johnson one, if you only have one dose, which that's how it was sold, it's a single dose. It's zero percent effective. So they're saying that you need a second dose if you had the first one, but I don't know how much more you can go up uh, with a second dose from zero. But here's the other thing, because you guys are getting Pfizer now, and Israel's got two studies out. One is showing that 40% of the new infections of of, uh, the, the COVID variant, which is now Delta over there in Israel too, about 40% of the new infections are fully vaccinated people. And that study concluded that the Pfizer vaccine was around 64% effective now. It's no longer in the 90th percentile. But there's another study that came out from Jerusalem, which has the effectiveness of the Pfizer vaccine against Delta at 39%. That's according to the Ministry of Health on Thursday. So that's yesterday. So the study from the beginning of the week had it at 64, and now the Ministry of Health in Israel is saying, now it's actually 39%. So even if you guys start using the Pfizer vaccine, of course, the big question is, you know, will it really work? I assume that you're dealing with the Delta variant, too, considering your proximity to, yeah, yeah. to Indonesia. But, um, you know, I, that that becomes the other thing. We don't have any of this data on Moderna yet. That's the other thing. Nobody knows if Moderna is better than any, any of the other ones on the Delta variant. That's We're still waiting for that. Yeah, well, I... We're, some people have had Pfizer here. Um, we don't really get publicity here as to which vaccine people have had if they get COVID. We, we get okay. occasional stories that someone gets COVID after they've had the vaccine, but we haven't had... The media here has not reported those studies that you've mentioned at all. And oh, I'm shocked. if they did... <laughs> not here either. Oh, yeah. so I'm, sure, <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that if they did... The the rest of the media here would just jump on them and claim it's fake news, and I'm sure the health departments here would oh. as well. Oh yeah, we um, we would have yeah, yeah we would have some of the uh, members of our Congress blaming the Jews because these studies are coming out of Israel. So, you know, it's I I feel you. Um, I'm I'm running a little bit late, so Samuel, if one final question for you, I mean, kind of what's the Australian mm-hmm. population's you know what what's their reaction to some of these new lockdowns that are coming in and. You know, are they done with it, too? Or are they still just kind of going along and hoping to be safe? Or are Australians kind of at their wits end like Americans are? Uh, it, look, there's always been a group of people who have not wanted to have any part of the lockdown. But Sydney in particular is getting really sick of it because businesses are starting to go under. They're starting to, to, to go broke. People are starting to lose their life savings uh, because people can't go to work people unless you're one of the special categories of people you can't go to work in sydney in a lot of cases you can't go outside of about six miles of your house 
if you live in some parts of Sydney. People are people are really getting sick of it because there's just no end in sight, and it's not it's seemingly not helping. The case numbers keep going up every day. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. They keep doing the same things over and over again, and masks don't reduce the number of cases. Vaccines are reducing them somewhat, but they're not universal. Um, the only thing that seems to be effective is actually getting the thing and surviving. Unfortunately, you know, you never know if things yeah. are going to change. But hey, Samuel, I appreciate it, man. I know it's. And it's a totally different time zone, but we always love having you out here and love hearing from you. Well, I mean, I'm generally at work at the moment when you're on, which makes it a bit harder. But uh, very, very quickly, Black National Anthem being played before the NFL. <laughs> if you can't have crowds at the games, uh-huh. who's going to see it? I thought the broadcasters stopped showing the National Anthem. Oh, they'll show that one. <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll make sure that they show that one. Don't you? Don't you worry. They'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's good to talk to you, bud. You be safe. All right. Take All care, right. Casey. Take care. That's, uh, that's my friend Samuel from Australia. we got more coming up, 95.3 MNC.